If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this new and exciting episode of The Mind Pump, uh, look, for the first 55 minutes, we have a lot of fun conversation. After that, we get into the fitness. Here's what we talked about. We start out by talking about baby showers. Uh, Adam is talking about how much he's looking forward to the 150 oh attendee baby shower he's, att- <laughs> he's having with, with Katrina. I hope you play those uh, those games, you know, with the diapers. I guess the candy bar. <laughs> yeah. It looks like poop yeah. or whatever. You'll Hilarious. See I, you'll see what I'm talking about. Then we talked about weddings and family. Uh, Justin talks about his trip to Dr. Justin Brink's office because Justin is having hip problems and Dr. Mm-hmm. Brink is trying to help him he out. He is the oracle. Then we talked about KD. You know what I'm talking about. Kevin Durant. He's the, the sports ball player. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. You who blew out KD. his Achilles. We're talking all about that. Uh, then I talk about red light therapy and how it's used to amplify recovery, but also how it's been shown in clinical trials to reduce the appearance of wrinkles. Now, our favorite uh, red light therapy company is Juve. They make the best red light panels that you can buy. They have the large ones to cover your whole body, and then they have the Go, which is the small panel. Uh, but we have a hookup for you. If you go to juve.com, that's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash mind pump, we will send you a free MAPS Prime program if you purchase any Juve light that's $500 or more, and you'll get free shipping. Uh, then we talk about deep fake videos and how uh, pre- uh, experts think it's going to affect our next election. Dude, it's already here. It's going to get really weird. Uh, Adam brought up a show on Netflix called The Black Godfather. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, I talk about the early evidence that's been unearthed of some of the first cannabis smokers that we've ever seen. It's 2,500 years ago. Chinese people were getting high. Chinese, the first stoners. That's, what, that's so far. Uh, and then we talked about how Justin Bieber looks like he backed out of his fight with Tom Cruise. He knew he was going to get an old man ass whooping. Oh, man, that old man strength. <laughs> then we get into the questions. The first question was, is using branched-chain amino acids and amino acid supplements a complete waste of money if I have a high-protein diet? Next question, what are our thoughts on wearing a lifting belt every time when lifting heavy? Does it make your lower back weaker? Does it affect core stability? Is it good or is it bad? Is it fashionable? The third question, uh, do kids need to be snacking constantly or is that just what the snack industry wants us to believe? And the final question, this person wants advice for new personal trainers. So we talk all about how to be a successful brand new personal trainer and the things you need to focus on. Yeah, and Adam, I know you called out to uh, some people on Instagram to send their uh, testimonials for Maps Strong. Yeah, yeah. And as you well know, that's probably one of my favorite programs I've ever done, uh, in particular because one of the challenges I've had is my shoulders and my traps just didn't seem to respond in many cases, but Maps Strong was the one thing that actually got them to really uh, take off. So. I thought I'd just read one of the testimonials that you received. Oh, yeah, yeah, read one. Okay, so this is from, let me see who this is from, Nicole Kiernan. And she writes, I completed the program back in January and have to say it's hands down my favorite program. Besides MAPS Strong, I've completed MAPS Anabolic, Performance, Aesthetic, and HIT. As you can tell, I'm a huge Mind Pump fan. 
and no program gave me the results that Strong did. As a former marathon runner, I was not very strong and did not have much muscle, not surprising. After retiring from competitive marathon running, I began the MAPS program starting with anabolic, then performance. I saw results not only with the weight I was lifting, but how my body looked. The changes in my body really took a turn for the best after completing MAPS Strong. My boyfriend complimented how great my back and ass looked, which is a big deal since he's an ass man. Yeah, all right. <laughs> he said he could visibly notice how full my ass has become. My pants even became tight in the ass. <laughs> Lots of ass going on here. Hey, hey. Now I know how Justin feels. <laughs> Welcome to the club. But in all seriousness, Map Strong has been my absolute favorite program. Yeah, I've been getting, from a percentage standpoint, in terms of how many people have got the program versus how much positive reviews you get, MapStrong is turning into be the most, uh, the best reviewed program that we have. And I think it's because of the unconventional lifts. It's very unique. And different training styles. So if you've been working out for a while, you try something like MapStrong, and it may be what your body needs to get it to respond again. Well, anyway, it's 50% off all month long. All you got to do is go to mapsstrong.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com and use the code STRONG50. S-T-R-O-N-G-5-0, no space, for the discount. Make sure you enroll soon because this month is the only month we'll be running this promotion. Oh, and also, people have been asking me if you need special equipment for this program. You do not. You can perform MAP Strong with a well-equipped home gym. And, of course, any gym will have enough equipment to perform the exercises in MAP Strong. Dude, tell me about this uh, this baby shower you guys are going to have, Justin. Uh, Adam, sorry. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, man, you I scared just, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know something? I'm not having shit, bro. I'm just going. You know what I'm saying, and I and I try to get out of that. Like I, I told, I told her I was like, they make them co-ed now, dude. Uh, yeah, no shit. They I, used to not be co-ed. How dare they? I don't know, man. That I don't is know how not got... a place for men. Yeah, we got to think of something that we can make co-ed that we know they don't want to go to. You know yeah, what I mean? there, what's, there, a, what's the thing? There like, is no such thing for that. <laughs> like, 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 like some new be action a... movie coming out. We should have like a man party about yeah. it. Yeah. My girl yeah. loves My action girls. movies too. There's Damn no way, and she likes sports. There's nothing. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing that you can do. Yeah, she'd be like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. That's why it's so tough for me to get out of things like this. Damn it. Because she can spin it back on me. You know, I'm a part of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so how big is this uh, this party? This uh... Bro, let me tell you something right now. This is why we're not getting married right now. It's because, first of all, if Katrina and I were to get married right now, it would be uh, 100% on... I shouldn't say 100%. But I'm sure her family would help. Uh, but financially, it would be our responsible. And... One of the things when I met Katrina, one of the qualities that I, I was most attracted to was uh, the relationships that she held. Um, you guys know me really well, and I, I value that a lot. I value uh, people and building relationships, maintaining relationships, uh, being a good person, doing for others. Uh, and I and I pieced that together a long time ago, and I've, I take a lot of pride in, in, in putting a lot of effort towards that. And when I met her, it was the first time ever that I had met a, a woman that had had built a network of people around her uh, like I had done my whole life. So we meet at 30, and and I see this in her. And I'm instantly I'm attracted to that quality. Um, and so, In other words, there's a lot of people that would come to you. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. So 
Uh, uh, and, and a baby shower? What is that? It's normally like your ten closest girlfriends or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah I keep I mean, it to that. Yeah, my my well, my kids were uh, well, you know, when my ex was pregnant with them, it was like probably like I'd want to say for my son was like a hundred, but but I have a massive family. Oh wow. shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. was big for a baby shower. Holy yeah. shit! That, it was, it was I've like never even heard of that for a baby shower. Yeah. I think I think the biggest one that I've been around. Was probably thirty to fifty. people. That's average. Right. Average is like twenty, twenty. Oh, people, I thought it was people. more like ten to twenty. It was tops. Yeah, like maybe that, that was the ones I've been to. Because again, now they're co-ed. Awesome. Wow. Um, the ones I've been to are right like that. Like twenty, thirty people I've been to. Dude. Ours was huge because we have a huge family. I, I gotta admit, I've never been, and I've been invited to a couple. <laughs> I made up some excuse, and Courtney backed me on it. But like, yeah, I just, uh, I was like. A baby shower. Yeah, yeah that's I, not for me. Well, now they have a fu- a party for everything. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, so, you, but you, so so how so many you, people? So it's at 150, I think, right now. <laughs> oh and, my god! And I'm like, just imagine, like, and this, by the way, like I told Katrina, I was like, okay, I, I'll be there, but I really, I, she's like, well, who do you want to come? And I'm like, nah, you, I'm gonna make sure my my closest best best friends, uh, and you guys were, and you guys are gone, so you guys aren't yeah. gonna be there. So I'm like, other than that, I, just, totally, I totally would have gone. Yeah, I would have yeah. been there for, but yeah, I, I'm and, serious. yeah, because I, you would, it would have been good because we could have like, psh, you know what I mean, yeah. pulled yeah. you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You out. Yeah. Had like so, a cigar smoke outside. So I've told her that I, you know, th- this is this is your thing. You know what I'm saying? Do what you. I said my my only thing is this: like, listen, let's let's not make it crazy where we spend a ton, a ton of money. I really don't. I mean, we got a bunch of stuff ahead of us that we're going to be spending a ton of money on, and so I don't. Want to add to that with this this baby shower? I'm She's like, like, I'll keep it small. Yeah, that this is a 150 keep, people. This is keeping it small. So, can you imagine what a wow. wedding would be like? I mean, a baby shower is normally Oof, like a, a yeah. third of what or less of what a I've wedding been, would be. Have you ever no, been less. to a because ma- my wedding was 200 people, which is big, but I've been to like I've been to a wedding with 600 people yeah, before. Yeah, I was like 150, I think. Yeah, have you ever been to a massive wedding? Not 600. Larry's was pretty big. How many? Did yeah. you go to Larry's or no? Was that no? Larry had like 350. It's just it gets yeah. crazy. Yeah, Larry had a big a big. I mean, his his wedding. And but here's the thing, you get a wedding that big, and you're like you're get you're heading into six figures for a wedding like that. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a just, lot. Just to, just to rent a venue that holds that many people. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, the catering totally normally costs thirty to fifty grand alone, especially if you want somewhere nice. You know, Larry yeah. had his on a fucking golf course. Listen, so. I I had the classic wedding, the you know with all that stuff. I had that, and it's honestly it's. I think weddings are important it's when, for everybody else. Well, yeah, if when you have like the closest people around you and they can hear you, you know, make your vows and it's a special thing. I get that, but they've become insane and big waste of money is yeah. how they've become. Like three hundred people, two hundred people, even a hundred people. Like, do you really need a hundred people to come? Like, I'm thinking now it would be more like. 20, 30, 40 people, maybe like the closest people. Well, I think, can- the, I think the problem that everybody has and that the, I, and the same problem that I know we would have is, you know, at what number do you stop at? And then- Because what happens is then yeah. you, you invite this person. Like, you, well, if we invite them- Right, you got to invite this person. You're like, you, you can't like-, like it, No kids. Actually, we did that on ours and pissed everybody off. Too. No kids? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no kids. That, that pissed everybody off. That's yeah, a great idea. I, I won, now, luckily for me, I have an amazing girl who- doesn't care about these things as much. I mean, she cares more about carrying my last name, you know, being married, being married and being together forever than she cares about the the white wedding like a lot of girls I know grow up dreaming to have. So I'm lucky about that. So thank God that she's like that because 
I'll I'll be the one to really push like we're gonna go somewhere far. Hell yes, far. That's the move. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. far. Hell. And hey, oh, make we'll, it if you can. Well, exactly. We'll invite all six hundred people. <laughs> you know what? Well, you may get great. surprised. I know. Yeah. Well, I know we will because I have middle a, of Antarctica. Dude, I have a buddy a, that did see, that. Katrina's got a lot of friends. They got. We both have friends that are successful <laughs> and, and may go like, "Fuck!" I always wanted to go to Taiwan. I'm gonna fucking yeah. you know, say, like yeah. make a va- yeah. make a vacation out dude, of this. I have a buddy who did that. He he booked his wedding thinking he was gonna book it in Hawaii that would reduce the amount of people that would go and everybody showed up he's like fuck it's even more expensive than it would have been if i stayed <laughs> yeah. at home oh, man. You know? no i'm with you man i i would prefer a small intimate setting it's just it's one of those things like in my family people have a lot of kids and so what ends up happening is you you invite this aunt and oh but you gotta invite all of her kids and yeah. so she's got five kids oh but then you gotta invite her kids kids so they all now you've got already thirty people right there, yeah. and that's just one. Just one family. That's just one family. Yeah. And if we invite them, we're gonna offend these people over here if we don't invite them. And then we invite them, and then oh my god! But you grew up with this neighbor, remember? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember them. They're not invited. Yeah. My, I think my <laughs> wedding costs, uh, and I got married back in two thousand one. Uh, I think it cost us like fifty thousand dollars, something like that. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah which isn't yeah. bad. I mean, two hundred people, but yeah, could could that fifty grand have gone to? Something better, and that I mean, and, I, and that's conservative. Uh, yeah. Could have gone to counseling. That's conservative. Could have gone to pre-marriage counseling. That been, yeah. At the end of it, like, well, we right. spent could've we spent ten grand. Yeah. I don't know if this I don't know if this is a good idea. I don't think we should do this. Yeah, yeah. Save Thank forty grand. Yeah. Save forty oh my grand God. right there. That was so enlightening. Thank you. No, no oh, it's, it was worth it. I got my kids yeah. out of it. So I mean, yeah, I yeah, I'm ragging on it. I'm excited though. I think the they're the families. She's the baby of the family so even worse right so, everybody's excited yeah so everybody i mean everybody and she's you know she's 38 years old so baby of the family 38 people have been waiting bro for, they have parties for everything they, now though like yeah. gender reveals did not exist when i had my kids that wasn't that long ago nobody oh, did a know, gender reveal a party thing. yeah mm-hmm. and then do it on instagram you have to capture it with like when it explodes and does blue or pink or whatever yeah, isn't there like a push party too now yes yeah, push yeah push, push present yeah, yeah push what's present. that so this i didn't know anything about this yeah, yeah. what is it yeah after the yeah after it goes through the process of labor like you're supposed to now give a gift that's like you know really expensive what does a guy get we get a push gift you get like a high five from your from your bro yeah. yeah. Well, hey, let me, let's be honest. Thing. She is doing all the I work. I was going to say, mean, of course. Let's be fair. Like, yeah. You know, we did all, we did the fun stuff. But it's I mean? like that never existed, <laughs> and then and now it does, and so you kind of were like, ah, I guess I have to, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, man. The experience of having your first kid is is cr- for a for a man. I I know I, I say it's for for a man because. You know, obviously, when you're pregnant with the baby, you feel this baby moving. You feel it's connected to you, your body's changing. You have this like solid connection to this 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 life that you're you're harboring and then bringing into the world. For a man, it's very for the first especially. It's like super abstract. Like, yeah. okay, we got a baby. I mean, I guess I can see your belly growing. I, you're I like know. an observer. Yeah, yeah. like okay, like very much. I mean, obviously, you know, you're gonna be hands on and everything, but it's definitely like yeah. a mother bond thing. That's it's not crazy. very. It's not very real right now. Not yet. Yeah, no, not, not yeah. for a while. No, and you're super like you're trying to. I know this. I went through this. Like, you're, yeah. okay, we it's have a, a baby bit of a struggle. coming. It's there. I, you know, I could see the ultrasound. Like, oh, I could feel it kicking. Like, okay, that's cool or whatever. And then the baby's born, and it's like reality. And, you know, the baby comes out like all yeah. at once. For the second child, uh, I had a connection right away because I knew 
what it was like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for the first one, it was so abstract. It was so abstract. Like nothing, nothing changed really for me mm. until the baby was born. And then when the baby was born, I remember my son coming out and I was like, it's like you got hit in the face with a two by four. It's right when that happens. Yeah. Right. It, it just, yeah. Knocks you off your feet. Yeah. Like, Whoa. This is what <clears throat> yeah, it there's, is. There's little, there's little that I feel right now that I've noticed how I've changed. Like there's not a lot that I've changed, um, in the last, you know, six months now. There's little things, and I think I mentioned this already on the show, like the whole nesting thing. Like, there's definitely a side of me uh, that has all of a sudden become really conservative with money. Like, for a very long time, it's pretty consistent that I buy a new pair of sneakers every single week. That's just kind of who I've been for a very long time, and that's I haven't bought a new pair of shoes in. Well, I should take that back. I just bought like a bunch of pairs, but before that, (laughs) (laughs) the shoe zero, but but they were on sale. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they were actually. I actually I went to I went to Nordstrom's Rack. I've never bought shoes at Nordstrom's Rack in my life before. So actually, yes, the shoes that I'm wearing right now. Did you? Did you have a discount? I bought five five pairs that were like half the price. I was just gonna say you had a symptom eruption. (laughs) It's like it's like someone's like, I'm not gonna smoke. I'm not gonna smoke. I'm not gonna smoke. And then they smoke like five packs. Yeah. I, I don't buy any shoes for yeah. every week. So I totally I did just, so good though. It just ruined my story of like how I'm just, <laughs> by, by calling myself out. But for, other, than, I mean, I have. I've, I've I've tightened up a lot of things. I mean, uh, for the most part, uh, Katrina and I have done a really good job of being responsible with money and having money and not ever really having to think about it and worry about it. Um, but I do have this new like right away. Like the the whole car thing was freaking me out. That, that was why I went through that, where I, I got rid of all the old cars and all new cars. Because, like, they were all, the miles were, like, all over 100,000. Mm-hmm. And, like, all I could think about uh, was, like, yeah. I could think about her being, you know, with the baby, one month old, trying to Daddy get some. protective and, mode. And then the car yeah. breaking down. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, like, and, and knowing that we need one anyways, yeah, I don't need a, I could probably stretch it out another year or two. If I didn't have a kid on the way, mm-hmm. I probably would do that. I'd probably wait till it broke down on the side of the road and then get a new car. But I'm, like, why? We, we're in a position that we can do that. And I, that that thought just bothers yeah, me, yeah. you know. So so shit like that, like that would never, I would have never done that. I would have never gone through and and got all new cars for the and replaced all of them at one time. That's no, just the, not like the me. two things I remember the most that were the strangest were, of course, when my son was born, because you know, being the first, I was like, holy shit, this is real. Then the second thing that I remember that was really crazy was because you're at the hospital for a couple of days, right? Nurses doing the thing, you're doing the thing, you're. You know, watching your kid, you're blown away, you're falling in love with this this baby or whatever. And then a couple of days later, it's time to go home. And it's weird. You, you leave with this kid, you're looking at everybody like, you sure? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is okay. You, you yeah. sure you trust me with this? this? We could probably stay yeah. a few more days. I, I'm in charge of this human? Like, I gotta... Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. This is the craziest responsibility I've ever had. And then you drive like a 90-year-old man oh, uh, uh, yeah, on oh, the way home. Oh, angry at people for driving Just, weird. Oh. And then you're at home, you're like, okay, like, all right, uh, what do I do? Yeah. Like, what do I do now? <laughs> it's really, really wild. But yeah. anyway, that's yeah. hilarious. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm excited about... Um, I am the thing that I think is really neat, uh, and I don't know what you want to call this. Um, whether you're a religious person and you want to say it's a God thing, if you want to say it's serendipitous, whatever you want to call it, but it's interesting to me that one of the the greatest things that I've had to work on uh, personally, like personal growth wise, in our relationship, is the thing today that I'm actually most excited about, and that is, and I've shared this on the podcast that if there's anything that Katrina and I have struggled with in our relationship. It's always been uh, the difference in our how we were raised. She was raised in a very tight-knit, big family that it was involved in every decision made. 
and or celebrate everything that you could possibly celebrate from job raises to kids graduating kindergarten to every fucking thing you could think mm-hmm. of, right? Family gets together, we all make a decision. That is the complete opposite of my family. And holidays are amazing and joyful and everybody's been, holidays were uh, were awful as a kid for me. They were times of fighting and arguing and money problems and you know heartache and shit. So that is obviously is forged who I am and that's forged who she is. And so the blending of the two of us and then trying to work through that has been one of the greatest challenges that I've ever had to grow as, as a person is like, I love this woman. I do love her family, but it's 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 difficult for me to sure to interact the same way. And I've had to train and work and work and work and work on those things. And and it's always been hard. And it's been something that I've had to communicate with her. Like, hey, you just got to understand. Sometimes I'm not going to go. You know, sometimes I know you're out, you're getting you're excited to go get your family's not. But sometimes I, what I need from you is to be okay with me just staying home and being by myself because. The way you value your family time, I actually value my alone time because I, I grew up with that and I grew up with learning to enjoy that and being okay with that. So don't be upset if you know we did fam- or we did dinner with your mom on Monday, your brother and sister stop by on Wednesday, Saturday, the whole family's going to get a barbecue and I actually want to leave town and go hang out with one of my buddies mm-hmm. or I just want to stay home, right? So those things, how we've worked through this, well- What's dope is that we're heading into what will be probably, obviously, the the most challenging, most most uh, you know demanding thing that we've ever done, which is have a child together, and the support from her family that's that's happening already. Now you appreciate that. Oh, oh yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is gonna be really cool that when this kid comes here, and I listen to all my other friends, and they're like, bro. You're gonna die. It's fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna be. You're never gonna sleep. It's gonna. You're not gonna get to do this. You're not. And they're they're telling me all these things, and I'm going like, I, I don't think so. Actually, like, yeah, I think it's gonna be hard. Yeah, I think I'm gonna be sleep deprived. Yeah, it'll be the most challenging thing for me. But I've also got family. Like, we're gonna make sure that you guys get away on on days. Where I want to come. I'm gonna come live in the house and take care of the kids for time, so you guys can do things just the two of you mm-hmm. and, and like they're telling me that that that's they want to make sure they help and support they're all older they've all had children they're and that are all grown and so they're not going through that process and they're excited to help assist us through that in the areas that they know we're going to need it the most because they've already been through it and i'm over here going like oh this is gonna be yeah. really, nothing built in support system. nothing like yeah. family man and you appreciate it totally that, that happens for everybody once you have <clears throat> when you have kids you really appreciate your family more than ever before yeah, because yeah. of that. So anyway. So yeah, I'm pumped about that. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Justin, I wanted to ask you about your hip. Oh, um, yeah. Because I know you went to to Dr. Brinks to get it looked at and you've been... <laughs> yeah, I've been avoiding it for a while Like, uh, and, and had just at home, Courtney gets the brunt of me actually complaining. I try really hard not to be a complainer. But so, so what's the deal with it? It's been hurting for how long? Since you started the competitive hula hoop thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started you know, doing the weighted hula hoops, and then that got out of hand and <laughs> threw everything out of alignment. Uh, I have no idea, dude. I don't, like, I don't know if it was something uh, when I was working out deadlifting or squatting where I just kind of started to tweak my hips a bit. Um, but there was, there was like a singular moment where I did, I, I definitely like aggravated something and then it just kind of, uh, turned into, 
like a tightening and an embracing that just kept happening where my body was just trying to protect my ball and socket joint, really. And so I've just been um, trying to adjust because we, we do sit quite a bit in the studio and we're, we're talking and then I have to jump into my truck and then drive like an hour, hour and a half sometimes back over the hill. And so a majority of my day, I'm in this like fixed seated position. And then also um, I, when I'm hitting the gas pedal, when I'm in traffic, oh my God, it, it just exaggerates my pain like crazy because mm. uh, just like the, that that constant movement um, it just, it gets everything like that was already tight to, to just speak to me like, like loudly. So how long has it been hurting for? <clears throat> probably the last three months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's been a subtle increase mm. and it got to a point where I was <laughs> like, I was just like, remember when we were, uh, even down at Manhattan beach and I was like walking around and you're like, dude, you're like, you're hobbling. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I didn't even notice it. Like I was like, Oh no, yeah. you know, I'm like all gimpy, uh, walking around. So anyways, like I finally was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to put it in the schedule and see if it'll work out. And like, I gotta, I gotta go see Brink, you know, that's our guy. He's, uh, he is a movement wizard, uh, Dr. Brink. And I, I give him all the props and I kind of knew what I was in for, but at the same time, he's not easy, dude, you go in there to feel better, right? Yeah. Wrong move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that he doesn't make you feel better. It's just like he... He's trying he to tells you exactly what you need to know. Yeah, he's trying to fix you. He's not yes. just trying to make you feel better. Yeah, there's, there's the a big root difference of there. the problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I've I've been treating all the symptoms. Like, so uh, you know, my my glute meat will start really trying to take over and, and support uh, you know, my hip, and then that like gets too tight and aggravated, that which then goes into my TFL. That starts to get aggravated, goes into my quad, and then it turns into this like red like sciatic pain all the way down my leg. Uh, and so we were going through internal, external rotation of my hip and I had like no degrees of internal rotation. It was like really bad. Uh, and now did he compare the two sides? Yeah. Compare the two sides. Wow. It was substantial. Oh wow. And so, you know, and so if I have limited and it's really fixed here, uh, compensating for that and trying to stabilize with my other hip has been, you know, another part of the problem where now that's creating even more torsion when I turn. And so now that's like, uh, like it's, it, that, that's where I really start to feel when it like speaks to me the loudest. Um, and so anyways, drops me into like, well, works with me on the table, kind of takes me through range of motion. And then as he's like pulling my leg through in, internal rotation of the hip and then external, like I have to go through kin stretches with right, him. pushing against him. Yes. Pushing against him with my ankle. And then he's away from him. He's trying to connect you to new ranges of motion, which for the listeners who don't know what that feels like, it's fucking hard. It's aggravating. It's yeah, it's 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 a workout. Yeah. And it's it wasn't like it was super painful as much as yeah, exactly. It was really hard. Like I was a struggle. Uh I was already going in there in pain and then and then struggling through exercises. Like it seemed like I I I felt like a I'm the worst patient, you know, I'm, I'm the worst. Cause I, I know exactly what he's doing, but, but at the same time, it's starting to make me mad. Cause I'm like, Oh fuck. I knew it. You know, yeah. I knew this is what I was going to be doing, you know? And then he's like taking me out to do a 90, 90 and get some good uh, connection there. But now he's using blocks. And so I have these yoga blocks where I'm like elevated. And then, uh, even on, on the other side, you could see, uh, how I was compensating with my spine, 
you know, on one side specifically. So I was elevating my hand up to just get that that internal rotation, internal rotation yeah. in neutral spine position, and it it was like, oh wow, that's substantial. Um, this was me, bro. Yes. I had bursitis in my hips, and like that was the same thing too. I would have to pull over uh, when I was driving if I drove more than thirty minutes. The pain, the gas pedal pain, was so bad that I'd have to pull over and like stretch stuff. It would be on fire. I feel like someone's taking a knife and just sticking it into the side of my it's hip like every day. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So, dude, I, hip, what, hip pain is like when you have hip pain. It's either one of two things: you're either really old, <laughs> or it's because you do a lot of like heavy lifting. Son of a bitch. You know what I'm yeah, saying though? Yeah. yeah. Like people who have like hip problems. It's usually because they're old or because they they do a lot of heavy well, lifting. Well, it's like I do heavy lifting and I have like old man like habits. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's but, like the combo. That's the better that's the better way to say it because it's it's not just the heavy lifting. What it was was the heavy lifting in the sagittal plane all the time and not working yes. on internal and external rotation. Like none of it. And so I that's why I, you know and I know Jordan Shallow, buddy of the Doctor Shallow, and us, we always you know go back and forth because he's comes from the kind of old school camp and he's still young and spry, and so I always tease him. I'm like, because yeah. he he teases me about like how much I I swear by the ninety ninety and all yeah. the all of it. I'm like, bro, it's because fucking changed my life, dude. Yeah, I couldn't drive thirty minutes without someone feeling a, a knife in there until I put all the work in that Brink told me I needed to do. I was like, you need to address this. I saw how fucking terrible i was at it same yeah. thing like i had i couldn't lift my back foot off the ground i remember when i first started that mm -hmm. i can get that shit fucking two feet off the ground mm -hmm. yeah i mean that is how how far i've come but i lived in that position yeah. for a a year well what blew me I away know, is you as an example for me i'm like shut up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear more about how adam like kicked ass at this what blew what blew me away is when when we first did that with brink he, he would put us in that position and he'd say lift your back leg and you're like, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's not possible. And then yeah. he would take his hand and he'd lift your leg for you, and it would, and he'd show you your foot basically, put it up next to your head. Yeah. You'd be like, holy! And he's like, that's your range of motion. <laughs> yeah, that's what you can do. You just can't connect to it. Yeah. You're literally dead in that position. You have no connection, and that's where some of the problems come from. But mm -hmm. yeah. well, hopefully it gets so better, I'm dude. Through it, yeah. I, I, again. So you're just gonna use a cane for now? And, uh, yeah, just hobble along for a while. <laughs> no, you're gonna see me dropping 90-90s like every moment I can, basically in between sessions. Yeah, dude, man. speaking of injuries, did you guys see what happened to Kevin Durant? I heard you talking uh, heard about, about him. About it. Bro, you said yeah, he blew I out his Achilles. Okay, so this is like, I, and I did feel they win the game last night? Yeah, no, what? it wasn't last night. It was on uh, Monday. Is it Just three to three barely. now? No, it's three to two, two tonight. We play. This okay. is game six at our house, but we're gonna win. And I feel bad because I've been saying the whole time they're like, "Oh, we're better without Durant." And, and I've I, there's a part of me that actually wanted us to keep playing without him so we could try and overcome that. He he decides to come back in now, mind you. Typically, when somebody has an injury like this, uh, one they rarely come back from. It. I think they downplayed the inju injury from from the beginning. The day he did it, I watched the thing live. Yeah, one hundred percent looked identical to when I tore my Achilles. So I was like, "It's an Achilles issue." And, and everywhere in the news, it was like, "Oh, it's a calf strain. It's a calf strain." I'm like, "That's not a calf strain. He for sure did damage to his Achilles. How much? I don't know because we're not hearing anything." This was during a game. Yeah, this was just uh, what six weeks ago or so. Okay. I want to say, or maybe a little less. I don't. My timeline's off a bit, but it's somewhere in that range, right? <clears throat> he injures it. Uh, for sure, I think it's Achilles. I'm saying he's done for the season at least, um, and 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 then the news is leaking out that oh he might come back he might come back yet we don't see him he hasn't practiced yet and before the kind of protocol when when an athlete gets back 
from injury is like he rehabs like crazy. Then they start to, you know, get him into some move, some basic movement by himself. And then they start to slowly integrate him into practice a little bit each practice for over the course of a before you get in the game. Yeah. Before you ever throw him in the game, you don't do that. Well, just last week, he, we get the word that he's practicing tomorrow. First time, we're like, oh shit. And that's the day before the next game. And this is also the get we're gonna we're gonna make it or break it. This is mm. we're we're our backs against corner. It's three to one. Right. That's the 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 game you guys watched where they went up a three. So it was the next game after that. They say he's coming back. Do you think this and, was Kevin Durant really pushing to get in? Hundred percent. Yeah. This is why this uh, I'll forever be uh, grateful for him. I'll always speak highly of him as an athlete because. There's no doubt that he pushed really hard to get him. Now, at the end of the day, the general manager has the final say. So uh, Bob Myers is the general manager for the Warriors, and he has the final say of, like, no or yes. And, of course, selfishly for the Warriors and the general manager, it's like, yeah, we need to win. We're going to lose. We're three to one. It's like it's our best player. Like, yeah, I would. if he says he's ready and he wants to go, let the guy play. And that he, Bob Myers, after the game was crying, oh, like because br- he felt so guilty, mm, of mm-hmm. course, and felt so bad for letting him play. No, when I think we all knew that he shouldn't play, he comes out and comes out the game just fucking killing it, dude. Oh, sweet, drilling every 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 basket. He's only but it, within I think it was God. I want to say ten minutes, man. I can't remember the t- again. My timeline's off a little bit because I don't remember the exact time. But it was really early on in the game. Goes to make a cut. And it pops and completely severs the oh, Achilles. Wow, and that's a that's long oh, injury. So to now heal. here's where this gets crazy. Check out how this and this just goes to show you like fucking wow, this guy put himself in line. Okay. So players have an opportunity pretty much one time in their career to sign their their super max contract. Now, and not all players get this. Like you've got to be a badass. You gotta prove so when when you first come in the NBA, you cannot sign the biggest contracts in the NBA. There's there's rules against that. They can only make so much money when you first get drafted. You first have to come in and prove prove yourself. Then when you re-sign, you have, if you were the best of the best, then you have the opportunity for what they call a super max contract. But you have to be in like the top 25 players to even be allowed to get the super max contract, mm-hmm. which is typically a seven-year type of contract that's guaranteeing you you know, millions and millions of dollars. So Kevin Durant is on his last year of his contract before setting him up for his Supermax contract. Oh, that's terrible. So he is, he's unemployed. And nobody, no team, no matter how amazing he is. They're going to want somebody who can't play. Absolutely. He's, and he's in, and Achilles is a minimum year rehab. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to take him from now. It'll take him. He all, might even miss the next season. He's going to. Yeah. He's going to, if Hunter, no matter how fast he rehabs, there's no way he gets back before the end of next season. Oh, that's so crazy. nobody is going to sign him. He may not get signed at all next year, which is already crazy scary. Somebody will. Someone it'll will be give, a gamble, right? Like, okay, it, maybe he'll heal. Well, it'll be what we did with the DeMarcus Cousins. We got yeah. So the reason why we got DeMarcus Cousins was because nobody would touch him because he just came off an Achilles injury, yeah. and they knew that he couldn't play the whole year. We already had our whole stack team. We know we're good. And since nobody would give him money, we gave him the minimum contract. And he took it to be on the Warriors because – 
what be on the championship team. He, we knew he's going to ride. He ride the bench the whole year. He did. He rode the bench the whole year until just a couple months ago. He got his first first game. He's only played a handful of games for us, and we paid him money. So, but because it was such low money, we could afford to do that. So, someone will do that for Durant again this year. But you're talking about a guy who was up for you know hundreds, a hundred million dollars. Oh, yeah. That's MVP. Well, yeah. bro, sports like this, it depends on the sport, of course. But you're you're signing up to sacrifice your body is what you're doing. It's their their mod. I mean, modern day warriors, no pun intended. You're doing that in sports, especially something like football, where you're literally. You're going out there and sacrificing your health mm-hmm. 100%. Like, I am going out there, yep. and uh, I I may pay, not pay last past this play right I, here. Well, I tell you what, um, and it, I, I, and I'm an, and I'm definitely, like, I have the athletic competitive mindset, but I'm also somebody who I don't, there's no way I would go back in that game. There's no way, knowing how I feel, like, injury-wise, like, even where I'm at right now, like, and and even though it's the championship and the possibility of playing, knowing where I'm at contract-wise and knowing that this is my future depends on this. Mm-hmm. I, and I guarantee his agent. Oh my, now, do you, think, you, know how many, you know how many millions of dollars his agent just lost? Now, uh, do you think like, that an eye? if the Warriors were ahead, let's say it was, you know... Uh, totally was, would. I don't think he would have came in. Right. Yeah. So you think because the, the stakes were so yeah. high. Yes. Oh, yeah, he felt that. And yeah. I mean, you could see it, like, watching the game, how it plays out. It's like, he's like, I know we could win if I were able to contribute. Mm. So that's that's where I think, like, man, as a team member and watching him go through that and all that, you think that I'm not going to have the best fucking game I've ever had in my life for that guy? Yeah. You know, I think they got, like, dude, watch the momentum swing. I that's So that's what I think is going to be really interesting tonight. I'm so pumped for tonight. To see what game. the energy looks like. Yeah, is to see. It's going to be crazy. Watch. If, if we, because, and what's cool too is he came in and we we came out the gates when he was in there. Like we, oh, yeah. everybody, you could tell the way we started to play. Yeah. Then he goes down. Now everybody's like, and we won barely yeah. one point. Everybody was heartbroken. So to Justin, you're right. Like this is what I'm excited to see. And you're going to know in the first five minutes of the game if we came to wow, fucking play. That's crazy. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully he recovers fast. That actually remember, uh, reminds me of a, uh, an article I was reading earlier about because we're talking about recovery and how you know therapists have been using red light therapy to amplify or speed up recovery. And so I was reading about the history of photo, photo biomodulation or, or red light therapy. You know, all these guys are using that, right? I know. It's, mm. so that's it, it, 100% it, Kevin Durant was oh, getting yeah. red light therapy. It works. Every- it works. Because the, the way it works is it, it strengthens the mitochondria uh, of your cells. The mitochondria are the, the energy powerhouses. These are the engines of your cells. Mm-hmm. And the stronger they are, the more ATP they produce, the better you perform, the faster you recover. But you know, in, in the '90s, they were using red lights to grow plants up in space because it has that, it has this effect on on living things. Is it encourages growth and regeneration? Um, I didn't know this wow. either. So there are uh, there are things that red light therapy are purported to help with, and there are things that are proven that it'll help with. Like there's actual studies that show, for example, hair regrowth that's proven, psoriasis that's proven, but there's something else that I did not realize: wrinkles. Red light therapy actually reduces the appearance of wrinkles because it strengthens the collagen within skin. Oh wow! I didn't know that Crazy. that was a proven like benefit or or uh, of it. I mean, and talk about a selling point. Like that's uh, yeah. You know, everybody wants to reduce the the appearance of wrinkles. So that's what happens is the the collagen gets weaker over the years, and then it just, you just lose it, folds it, into each other. Yeah, it loses its tautness, so huh. skin starts to sag, and you start to get wrinkles and stuff. So yeah, red light therapy actually reduces. This is proven. 
That's way better than Botox. I mean, that's that's one of those. Oh yeah, well, you know, inject your now. face. The yeah. first time that I ever saw red light was actually at like a facial nail yep. nail salon place, yep. and then they had these little things that the, yep. the 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 ladies were holding up to their face. That's the first time I ever saw. Red now here's light. the thing with red light therapy: one or two treatments, you're not going to notice anything. No, you got to uh, be consistent yeah. with it. Yeah, you want to do it on a, a almost daily 100%, basis. Hundred percent. This is the thing. Even myself, and I've admitted on the show already. Like when I was on, you know, this kick to like really help increase my testosterone levels, and then also improve my psoriasis and my skin. Um, I definitely noticed a difference. But I also notice a difference of it getting worse when I just neglect to do it. You have to be consistent. Yeah, you got it. You it just needs to be a. You need to make it a part of your routine. And you know, I know that most of the studies. I think the most of them uh, to get the benefits of all the things we're talking about is like three times a week. Yeah, ten to fifteen minutes. Yep, yep. Um, It's it's part of your practice. So like, if you're if you're somebody that's you know you want to speed up recovery or. I mean, I do the red light therapy because of the mitochondrial strengthening effects. Mm. So that should help with athletic performance. I really don't care about wrinkles and stuff like that. But if you, if that's something you're trying to treat, you're like, I want to reduce the amount of wrinkles I have on my body or whatever. Um, it's got to be a part of your practice, just like anything else. So, you know, ten. That's why you know with the at home, you know, juve units. I think are that's your best bet. Otherwise, you got to go to a yes, salon. The, the go. Yeah, I use that one, and that's interesting. You bring that off to tell Courtney because she's actually got like a few of those little Botox things injections, mm-hmm. and uh, has a doctor that does that. But mm-hmm. you know to. To you know, actively prevent by using red light is—I mean—that's a much better option. I would think so, one hundred percent. Dude, have you guys ever seen like? <laughs> just that. Sorry, I was thinking about both the Botox injections, and I've seen this now a handful of times already. But when one goes wrong or not, oh, good, oh, oh paralyzed. God. Oh yeah, and it yeah. paralyzes the side of someone's face. <laughs> yeah, like uh, out a stroke. Oh my god, dude, it is fucking hilarious oh, when yeah. you see it. Because here's the thing that I think about it, and. and to each their own. If you you'd use Botox or not, I don't care. I'm not judging. It's not a big deal. Uh, if you if you do it though, you know you're somebody who's yeah. You care about appearance and how you sure. look, and a little more than the average person. If you're willing to stick some shoot some shit into your face yeah. to make your skin look a little bit tighter or like that, you give a fuck, yeah, right? You give a fuck. So for that to happen to that person of all people, I just feel like that's got to be like... <laughs> it's a double sting. It right is there. a double sting, right? Yeah. It's like you're going there to do that and then you get this fucking one eyebrow. Talk about oh, a potential yeah. gift, you know, though. Right, like, right. You, if you go in there and you're like super about your looks and you're insecure and then you get this lesson, hey, you're going to have to deal with the fact that your face looks partially paralyzed right. for a little bit. Yeah. And, right. you know, see, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, did you... So I read a fucking disturbing... Article <laughs> the go. other day. Yeah, look at those pictures, Doug. Oh That's terrible. Oh, wow. Uh, I read a very Some disturbing article the other day. You guys are going to trip about, uh, okay, about okay. this. Okay, all right. So at the, at the moment, we are now looking into uh, how to fight deep fake videos, okay? And the government now has started to step out and say, okay, this is a problem. <sighs> yeah. Now, deep fake videos We're are- already too late, though. Yeah, deep, deep fake videos are these AI programs that can take, for example, it could take Justin's face, maybe just a picture of him, and make it appear as if he's talking or saying stuff and have his voice come out. Yeah. So they could l- theoretically, actually not theoretically, they've done this already, they could take your face- and make you say some horrible shit. It's like somebody's just puppeteering <clears throat> me. And someone watching. So here's the deal: these they they the, the, they were looking at this, and they couldn't tell the difference between real videos and deep fake videos. And so they they brought forth some top AI researchers, and they said, "Hey, uh, is this going to pose a problem 
in the 2020 election. And they are like, yep. They said, oh, wow, already. They, yes. Man. The, the deep fake videos will probably play a role That's in, this next, happening? in this next election for sure in the election following. And these experts are saying- That's crazy. Here's what these experts are saying. They say, basically they're saying, we're fucked. Yeah. They said, we're outgunned. Yeah. We're, we're so behind. Why do you know what's real? This, this explains a lot of like the regulation that they're trying to put in on Facebook and things like that. Why we're seeing so much movement in there is they have to foresee that. Yeah. They have to know that this is coming. And so they're already freaking out and already trying to put all this like regulation on. Well, here's what the problem that. is the problem is, is that, and this is what they're talking about the number of people who are working on the video synthesis side, the ability to create these deep fake videos. Versus the amount of people yeah. who are working on the ability to detect them. They're playing catch-up. Yeah, they said it's 100 to 1. Yeah. There's 100 people to 1 in terms of people making this technology and people making the technology to detect it. So what's going to happen is... They're never going to get ahead of them. These videos are going to come out and we're not going to have any effective ways of detecting yeah. whether or not it's real. Dude, we are fucked. Well, there's, there was... Did you guys see... Oh, you probably didn't see this. Okay, so... This happened, and this is a small example of what you're talking about and what it can cause, which is interesting to me. So when Kevin Durant fell down they, in, in, in Torres Achilles and went down, there was a, a, a good portion of the arena, because they were in Toronto, that actually cheered. And they got, they got huge criticism for that, oh, for wow. yeah, cheering when somebody went down. Well, so You're that, a piece of shit if you do that. Right. So that was like kind of this, there was a little bit of uh, you know shit talking afterwards. The news covered it a little bit. And so there was definitely like some, some negative energy around some of the Toronto fans that mm. actually cheered over it, right? And it wasn't the whole arena. It was just, there was enough to where you could see it on television that people standing and clapping when he went down and laughing and stuff like that. Wow. And, and so it got a lot of pub. So Barstool Sports, and I don't know if they did a repost or they actually created this or not, and it got me. I actually, had I not read the comments and everything else, it, it totally wheeled me in and I like I got like enraged for a second like, what the fuck? Mm -mm. So they had on Barstool, it, there's a, 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 a bar in Toronto that is completely packed. Like, I mean, it's shoulder to shoulder. There's probably 200 people inside there. And on this massive big screen, they're watching the game. And they're they're showing this clip, and Durant goes down, and the whole place fucking bottles of champagne being posted. Oh right. my god! Fake. It's fake. Yeah. They put it was that was actually a, a World Cup championship games or World <laughs> hey, Cup that's like fucked goal. Up, dude. right. But they put the video, and it was so hard that you didn't know. So and so what it caused mm -hmm. is like man, this people being outraged, yeah. just like now all of a sudden Toronto is being, oh, pieces of shit from Toronto, yeah. and like all this, and it's like, whoa, look at all these people that are attacking well, something that was totally fake. Well, so think about this. Like Now what's going to happen? Perfect example. What's yeah. going to happen, right? What's going to happen is 100% people from either side of whatever debate you're on, whether it's politics or whatever, are going to create these videos and some of them will be subtle. They're not going to make obvious ones, right? They'll make them subtle. Right, like that. That's so subtle yeah. like to where you wouldn't question. You're like, you know, and it's already, I already have that notion because I watched the game, right? I already kind of think that Toronto, wow, that's, that's yeah, right. I can't believe some people. Off of yeah, I'm already kind of thinking yeah. that. Oh, I can't believe that Toronto fans would cheer that. And then I oh see that God. and I'm like, what the fuck? Right, 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 right. So here's what'll probably happen is it's at first it's going to be effective, but then it's going to happen so much. People are going to become apathetic. Yep. No, and what what ends up happening when you're apathetic and you stop trusting everything, you just revert right back to your old beliefs, and it's going to be a very interesting future yeah. when a picture and a video 
can no longer be trusted. Be worthless. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be his word against my word, and you're. It's going to. It's going to be very, very weird. It's going to yeah. be real strange when, when you can watch. I'm going to be able back to, pull, to handshake deals, bro. I'm going to be able to pull up videos of, you know, uh, uh, opposing politicians saying terrible shit. And I'll be like, look, show you. Oh, look, this is what he said. Can you believe that? And you'll be like, well, that's not real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, even if it is real. Or yeah. even you'll if start, it is real. Yeah, you'll start to disbelieve You'll, you'll start everything. to see people getting caught doing things, and then they'll be able to use that uh, as their defense. That yeah. wasn't me. Oh, That's yeah. a deep fake video. Yep. And they'll, they'll say, well, prove it. Well, I can't. I don't have the technology. It's, it's going to be really- It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be really weird, and they're saying that they're expecting some of the shit to get used for this next election. I think it'll play a small role in this next election- I think in the fo the following election and then the one after that and forever on, it's going to be really fucking weird. Do you, do you yeah. think that that we will change the way we actually? It's going to change our behaviors. Well, I mean, even how we elect a president. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of because this is the first time in history, right? I'm thinking that I'm trying to think how would we solve this. I guess we would have to use a... Yeah, this is how I would think it would happen. We'd have to use a medium that everybody trusts. Well, this is what I would think. I would think there would be a, a medium that, that would be... Like verified. Yeah, and, and it would have to be something like... And I'm just totally spitballing. Like, but I would imagine it would look something like this where it's like, okay, each candidate has a five-hour long-form you know, opportunity to speak on this trusted platform where they, they speak for... Five hour, and that is all that you can use to make your vote or decision on who you want to put mm. forth. And they'll have to like confine it like that because all the other stuff that's being shared on social and in newspapers and in, in, in on media sites and things like that will not be trusted. That they'll only they'll have to be something that is a a non bias sequel uh, media whatever that pu puts out this content well, people will that always, you have to make your decision like around that people right? can always question yeah. that too though right like look what's already happened with media like nobody trusts the news anymore people write reports and it's always like well i can pull up an article that counters that and i don't trust how often have you done this well you'll pull up an article to prove a point to a friend and your friend doesn't even read the article they immediately go oh that publication well yeah. they're already biased from buzzfeed yeah, yeah or whatever I don't trust them so so now that's going to be extended to video, which used to be like you couldn't fuck with video. I put up a video. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah. Well, with this shit, it's, so here's what I think is going to happen. I think we're gonna it's going to go like it was back in time where the only stuff that's going to be trusted is shit right in front of your face. Well, where it's going to be more important for these people to go and do these live events yeah. so people can actually see what's going on. Now, do you or do you think it's just another reflection of what we kind of have an example of in like uh, newspaper and magazine? Like we all know that there's certain magazines that are National Enquirer. What is well, you say that? And if I told you, if I read an article to you in there, and you try to use that as an argument, bro, you, name one news organization that isn't questioned uh, as being biased. You can't. You can't. You can't. CNN. There's no source. That's liberal. Pure. MSNBC. Liberal. Fox. Conservative. Um, your local news network. Oh, they're all liberal. They're all whatever. Like, good luck, man. This is going to be a very weird, weird time that we're entering. I think it's going to be more. We're going to start placing more yeah, value you in can that be, person. You stuff. can be. You can be slighted, liberal or conservative, but still report truth. Right. But, but that's not the point. You can report truth, and I think oftentimes they do. The problem is. Not whether or not they're reporting truth or not. It's if will people think it's true? Yeah. 
or not. Do you think people will pay attention less to global issues and global? Because, like, how do you know? Because you're not going to be able to be there in person, you know? And how do you know what's going on is really real? I don't know, man. It's, well, maybe that opens weird, the door dude. for more live, like, live feed type stuff. Yeah. And, and so that's how you, you'll just stream it. Like, uh, if I want to hear Trump talk about something like that, I'm not going to watch it on CNN or Facebook. I'm going to watch it directly through. See, here, but here's the problem. And I'm 100%. Like his portal. I'm right? 100% on the same uh, wavelength as you. But here's the problem. Once that seed of distrust has been planted, you become paranoid. So, so just yeah. even now, even now, the knowing. foil hats are coming Yeah, out. exactly. Now, knowing that deep fake videos exist and that it's going to be a big deal. At some point, it's always going to be in the back of your mind. You're like, I don't know if I trust that. Oh, the government says it's real. Yeah, but what if the government made it? Oh, they said it's real. Yeah, but what if they're in on it? Now nobody trusts anybody anymore. It's going to be yeah. fucking I wonder wild. how this was back, you know, when, is it Orwell or, you know, when they had that War of the Worlds uh, broadcast oh, over yeah. the radio? I wonder what people thought after that. And then they realized it was a fake, but they were really bought in that it was real. Yeah. You know, and like what, how they were able to kind of trust. Yeah. Do you know what that is, Adam? The radio. There was that. a, so they read uh, War of the Worlds on the radio. Oh, I do remember but, hearing this. But a lot of people tuned in and thought it was a little the, bit late. They, they didn't, didn't hear the beginning, the beginning intro where they're like, oh, this is a great book by whatever. They heard it being read and it sounded like a news report like yeah they're getting invaded oh by people aliens. people freaked out people like <laughs> yeah, lost their yeah. minds and it was a it was a big big deal i don't know man it's gonna be really really weird but uh, it's kind of crazy i mean look here's the deal we're there's so much of our own recorded content on this podcast <laughs> that somebody could literally I don't like you're reminding me of this they could they could make us make us sound like we've said whatever they you're want like, whatever anything because yeah. they've got our voice enough times they could take it and be like oh adam said you know killing babies is fun <laughs> oh shit. my god yeah. you know what i'm saying i was joking <laughs> oh man anyway hey do you, do you guys know who uh clarence avant is no fucking a bro i cannot believe that i couldn't believe this uh you guys have to watch on netflix yeah, uh, those that are listening can thank me later. You have to watch uh, Black Godfather. Uh, if you don't know who Clarence Avant is, and I didn't know who he was, A V A N T, uh, you have to watch this documentary. Really, really good documentary. Hmm. And I couldn't believe that I've gone this far in my life and didn't know who this person was. And he's got a, a fucking really cool story. So was he like a mob boss um, of some part of? No, no, not the, he gets the Godfather name because. Anything that's happened in politics, uh, music, and sports, he's had his hands in. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, so huh. he, he gets the nickname Godfather from that. Um, he's not self-proclaimed that or anything, and he's got he's and I think he's like in his. I, maybe if Doug looks him up, he tell how old he is. I know he's got to be in his late eighties, uh, somewhere around there. But his story is incredible, and the people that. He is connected to, he influenced, he's responsible for, um, as far as them making it into that industry. Mm -hmm. It's it was interesting, super fast. I'll check this out. Very oh. fascinating. I think if, if it's true, he did a good job of keeping himself behind the scenes. Which yeah. we don't know his name. Which makes him even more interesting to me is that he didn't care about. It wasn't about the limelight. It's got, he's got such an incredible story. How old is he, Doug? I think he's about eighty six or eighty seven. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. Hey, and did you, did you guys get the read the article mm. about the oldest 
uh, records of cannabis smoking that we've ever found ever. They just found. Oh, the tomb one. I saw. Who shared that? Was what? It? This was in China, <clears throat> and they uncovered these archaeological remains. And through their, you know, uh, I, I forgot how they are able to date things. They use something that measures carbon dating or something, whatever. Mm. They found a pipe with THC uh, residue in the pipe. No way. And it was 2,500 years ago. <laughs> so 2,500 years ago, some Chinese uh, some stoners people were, then, huh? yeah, were, were smoking cannabis and utilizing it for its uh, you know, hallucinogenic uh, properties, for its ability to alter consciousness. It always interests me thinking about where were we and how as humans and decided like, you know what? Let's roll that shit up right there and yeah. let's light it on fire and inhale it <laughs> and see like like how. Well, plant huh. we've been you know things burn obviously we we've been around plants that have burned on accident because of fires and stuff like that. But also <laughs> right, know, so you think like a, a yeah. patch of marijuana plants burned and someone's could, like God, I feel so good it today. It smells weird over here. <laughs> well, bro, I feel better today than I, I think have. I should huff some more of it. Well, think about it. Marijuana by itself has a very strong distinct smell, right? right. So it would have gotten noticed by people anyway like, "Oh, what's that smell?" Yeah. And for a long time, for thousands of years, humans have burned aromatic plants for the the, the type of smoke and smell that they uh, produce. That's a good theory. I like so. You're going so somebody and probably the burned they, it, like for the seeing the smell of it. Or yeah, what? and they right. didn't smoke it the way because like they didn't smoke it like people do today. What they would do is they would get the marijuana plant and then they'd burn it and then you'd sit around it in a tent and uh -huh. breathe in the smoke. This yeah. is how often, this is how they oftentimes- Like in teepees or, yeah. Yeah, this is what they would do with aromatic plants. Mm. And so the first time they did that with cannabis, it was probably a spiritual experience. You didn't know what to expect. You're breathing this in. All of a sudden you get high yeah. and you're just, you're probably like, this is thinking like you're in an alternate universe oh, or amazing. whatever. So when was it a good idea to go eat mushrooms off of cow shit? Oh, you know what I mean? well, you know, <laughs> that wouldn't have been my first idea. That happened. I guarantee you that happened before uh, anybody ever inhaled cannabis because yeah. uh, well, they probably watched animals eat it and then act accordingly. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, why do we eat anything? Somebody yeah, that's true. Somebody's got to try it. Somebody was starving and was like, oh, yeah. all right, I guess I'll try this out. <laughs> it, it was probably a, Stan's acting weird. It was probably a woman because the uh, women were the hunt were the gatherers. Um, and so they were probably gathering and they probably ate these mushrooms and uh, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, there's some evidence but a lot of speculation that women were the first uh, to to develop these ideas of spirituality and of yeah. an afterlife because they're the ones that consume these mushrooms and you know their husbands came home from hunt and yeah. they're like, and she's I like, got some shit to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is cool though that you know, they we should find be in a polyamorous relationship. <laughs> You think it was? Yeah. It just told me the cow shit. Just told me. Yeah, yeah. I need to bang your friend. Yeah. Trust me, it's all good. He's like, uh, oh, can I bring your friend? That was too good, dude. No, like, like I, I want to verify this, so I don't know if this is true or not. But Courtney told me that. Um, I guess they they found too, like in ancient Roman times, that they actually had were, were eating some plant that was like a form of contraceptive. And like they, they ate it out of extinction. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that. But like it, I, like there's a lot of these examples of advanced like societies that uh, it's always fascinating to, for me to see. Like there, there was a lot more there than even realized. Oh, how bro, far they got? Chinese medicine. Chinese medicine is thousands of years old, and and they explained it in ways that were are not uh, how Western medicine explains things. 
they use things like meridians and chi and energy or whatever. But does Chinese medicine and herbs and the way they apply them have uh, applications for 100%? They 100%, like we talked about this on one of our earlier episodes, Chinese medicine has been using fasting to treat cancer for thousands of years. Yeah. And you know, now we have the evidence to show that it actually yeah. helps you know, cancer. So, And it's, it's because, look, humans are, are we're intelligent uh, creatures. Um, part of the reason, part of the-, the We're also arrogant as fuck. I think we get distracted. We we're also very arrogant. We're, we've been on this earth less than fucking 100 years, and I we think, think we know yeah. everything. Well, our, a lot <laughs> of our- nowadays, we just overcomplicate everything. Yeah, and a lot of our knowledge is on the backs of knowledge of our ancestors, and right. so we build upon it, but- Here's a great example. You go to any prison where you have a bunch of inmates who've been in there for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, and they're in a heavily controlled and regulated environment. They develop ways of communicating with each other. They have entire underground economies. Yeah. They have ways of getting things and creating things. They create uh, devices to tattoo each other. They create their own alcohol out of fermented fruit and shit. And um, I, I watched one documentary where... You know, this this one uh, prison has floors, and the way they communicate with each other is through the pipes of the toilets. They empty the toilet of water. They send a line down of tied, like, I don't know what they tie together with spoons on it, and they flush the toilet. It goes to the place that they want to. <laughs> they pull a genius. Thing, and they yeah. fucking talk through the toilet, yeah. and they can, like, hear clearly with each other. Like playing telephone through the toilet. And, and I'm yeah. telling you, in prison, obviously, is a little bit of a, a self-selection bias. They're not the smartest people. They don't have the greatest capacity for intelligence, but these are people have developed these brilliant ways of communicating and stuff. So humans, you leave us alone. We're not distracted. If we're just laying around at night staring yeah. at the stars over hundreds of years, we're going to develop complex ways of explaining when the next comet is coming and, and developing calendars and you know all the all the all the constellations. I yeah. mean, all that shit was thousands of years ago. They could they could predict when there'd be another solar eclipse just by watching the sky. So yeah. I'm not surprised at all at some of the stuff, but I do think that these psychedelic plants played a role because it literally gets you outside of your box. So if here you are, you're kind of a primitive human acting a bit like, you know, animal instinct. Mm. Then you eat this mushroom and you're just like, there's an afterlife. You know what I mean? And that's like a, an yeah. idea that nobody ever thought of. Like, what do you mean there's an afterlife? I die. Like, no, no, no. There's yeah. something that lives on. Like that must've blown people's fucking minds the oh, first yeah. time you know what i mean totally so anyway you know what else blows my mind uh justin bieber backing out after throwing that tweet out oh he did what, what? like why even mention that he like, said he was joking or something dude such bullshit he's like yeah tom he cruise. got scared he goes tom cruise will kick my ass tom, he goes yeah. i'm real skinny right now i'd have to really train for it and i was totally joking that's so dumb what? Yeah, like all that did hype Tom, for nothing. Did Tom Cruise respond? No, I don't think no, so. No, he didn't. Oh. And yeah, every like of course Conor McGregor, everybody was trying to really make this happen and cuz I guarantee you'd make money off a stupid thing like that. No, that's like the that's kind of the new thing right now, right? Mm. Didn't uh what's his face? What's the Instagram famous kid that I always forget his name? The brothers uh, Jake Paul and uh oh, what's, yeah. he, what's his brother? Oh, Logan. Logan. Show. Yeah. And Logan fought like the that the other I forgot about that. Yeah, and, and I just saw somebody else doing the same thing too like i mean it's smart when you think about it you i have an audience of a you know five million people following me you have an audience of 10 million people following you that alone if we can just get a very small percentage of the people already following us interested in the two of us fighting each other oh, yeah. sell tickets to them and you put know pay-per-view buys you only get a new pay-per-view i stream it oh, yeah. Yeah. imagine if That's imagine true. if i was if we were okay imagine if the three of us were as Famous as Logan Paul on the in the millions, 
and we cause beef with another podcast who's in the millions and we and then we talk shit to each other and then we tell our audience like I'm gonna fight so and so tune in yeah, yeah. yeah. watch me punch Lewis Howes in the face yeah. 15, <laughs> for fifteen dollars <laughs> right right exactly for fifteen dollars yeah that. who's not gonna yeah. who's like, who's yeah. not gonna want to watch I'll that money. Yeah. and and we stream it we make all the money yeah but you want to talk about a way to ruin completely ruin your image because right. here's the deal with fighting no I think it's silly here's too. the deal it with fighting silly. but it's if, business if you smart. if you're gonna fight and people are gonna watch you and you're making a big deal about it you need to know how to fight because even if you win a fight but you look like an idiot you've ruined your reputation. You've ruined your There's image. There's nothing worse. Yeah, because I've seen many street fights. I've seen lots, of, especially online. And I, you know, I did jujitsu, and so I, yeah. I was really into this. Most people look like idiots when they fight. They just like they don't know how Dude, to fight. That's why. Remember that one? Uh, I forget what it was called. Like the Tough Man contest yeah. or whatever. Oh, that back was like, in the day. Yeah, that was With rolling through. Yeah, it was rolling through town to town, and then they would just basically take whatever signups of like your tough guys in that city would yeah. would would come. So I had to sit through one of those one time. Oh, really? A, from a guy that was on the football team and thought he was a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> and like he brought like everybody there and like his girlfriend and everybody. And so he wins his first fight. You know why? The guy didn't show up. <laughs> okay. And so he's just getting all, yeah, like confident. And I'm like, no, that's not a good thing. The <laughs> next guy you get's actually like already won and he's probably <laughs> legit, you know? Sure enough. This guy, this fucking yoked dude, like gets in the ring with him and he's just, yeah, like all ready, like just about to swing and dink, gets it right in the chin. Five more hits on the way down. He's out for like 30 seconds and just like that, like in a snap of a finger. And like half the football team's there in the stands, like, oh no. I put my hat down real low. I start walking out. You know? I don't know him. Oh, that's the problem. Oh, with fights. Was, oh that was, that was awful. Somebody idea. always gets hurt. It was an awful idea. You know? This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O R G A N I F I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Just Another Mike. Is using BCAAs and amino supplements in a high-protein diet a waste of money or still beneficial? 100% waste of money. Total waste, total 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 waste of money. Yeah. It's, it's almost a waste of money for pretty much everyone regardless if you're on a super well, high-protein diet. Well, you, don't, I, you don't need to be on a high-protein diet for it already to be a waste of money. No, let's break it down. So uh, protein is made up of chains of amino acids. Okay. That's what proteins are. So if you're consuming a high protein diet, you're getting lots and lots and lots of individual amino acids and the branch chain variety of amino acids. There's three amino acids that qualify as branch chain amino acids, leucine, isoleucine, and valine. And so if you took, you know, if I took a scoop of branched amino acid powder to give me more branched amino acids, there's like 10 of those scoops in like half a scoop of whey protein Well, I in think, terms of how many branched amino acids you're going to get. And the, the, the logic behind it, it's similar to what we talk about with uh, protein intake, why it's absurd that you have bodybuilders that are taking three grams of protein per pound of body weight. There's a there's a threshold that at a certain point, the body is not assimilating anymore and isn't helping you build any more muscle. No, your body's assimilating. It's using it as energy, but it's not helping you build more muscle. Right. Yeah. It's just extra calories. Um, and here's the other thing with bre- with branched chain amino acids in particular. 
there is some evidence that consuming high, high amounts of branched amino acids can cause depressive-like symptoms in people. Now, why is that? Well, uh, they seem to suppress the creation of certain key neurotransmitters that make you feel good. So if you're one of these people that's bought into the, I need to have like just ungodly amounts of branched amino acids, and by the way, I used to do this, and so you're walking around, you have your high-protein meals, so you're already eating your, you know, you know, if you're a 200-pound guy, you're already eating your 200-plus grams of protein a day. On top of that, in between your meals, you're sipping on your fruit-flavored branched-chain amino acid you know, uh, supplement or whatever so that you have extra amino acids. If, you're, if you have too many, you'll start to feel depressed, and this actually happened to me. I noticed this myself where I was feeling kind of foggy, a little bit like, not depressed like I'm super sad, but my mood was depressed, like I felt almost like I didn't get enough sleep, you know what I mean, where you kind of feel like everything's a little bit in the, in the cloud, mm. and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. I was like, why do I feel this way? So I literally Googled branched chain amino acid consumption and depression. And I was able to find studies that show that that can actually happen with really, really... Now, don't worry if you're supplementing with branched amino acids. You're probably not doing this yourself. But if you're consuming tons of them, this could be a bad thing. Well, I, in, in my bodybuilding community, it's very, very normal to be intaking 1.5 to 2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. Yep. In addition to that, drinking a gallon of water that is colored because it's got branched chain amino acids in it every single day mm. all day long. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not that uncommon for someone in that space to to do this. Yeah, they they reduce uh serotonin, that's the neurotransmitter, and they also lower other brain catecholamines. And they've done these in, in animal studies. And there's studies now that are showing uh where they're going to start looking at branched chain amino acids as biomarkers uh, of uh, of major depression. Mm. But I mean, I, this is a big like fear thing or whatever. But if you're consuming a lot of protein yeah. and then you're throwing a lot of branched amino acids on top of that, you may run the risk of just making your feel yourself not feel as yeah. good, which is the opposite of why you're probably supplementing with the with the first place. It's no different. Look, here's the deal. It's no different than this. It's like <coughs> if I eat lots of oranges and fruit and then I go take extra vitamin C. Am I giving myself any benefit? Yeah. You know, if I'm eating lots of meat, which is oftentimes, you know, just high in B vitamins, but then I go supplement with extra B vitamins, am I getting any well, extra benefit? Well, it's just benefit? so typical of the fitness industry to just think more is always going to equate to better. And I think that uh, people just get this like idea that if I'm, uh, you know, if I keep consuming it and I keep putting it in my water, like I'm going to keep getting all those benefits that the anabolic BCAs, water, yeah, it's, it's thrown <laughs> my way anabolic water for everything, yeah, and it just gets out of hand. And this is just one another one of those things. Good to bring that up though, because I'm sure people like are constantly pouring it in their water, and who knows, they may be depressed. The 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 studies that I've read. The, the literature that shows that it has any real benefit whatsoever leans more towards your super endurance athletes too. Yeah, and low protein. That's yeah, low, low protein, protein and mm -hmm. super endurance athletes. Yeah, so, so if you're a vegan and a marathon runner, right, and you have, totally see value in totally this. like if you have really low protein intake, or if you're always, you know, kind of reaching the minimum amount of protein that you need to be consuming. <laughs> Um, you may benefit from supplementing. And with you're also this endurance athlete. Right. Crossfitter, marathon runner, somebody who is pushing the body for an extended period of time and relatively extreme. I can see some value in doing that. But if you are a normal 
hardcore gym person who's just lifting weights seven days a week and you crush it for an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half inside the gym and you hit your protein intake a majority of the time, even if you miss it one day where it's really low, you're still fucking fine. Yeah, you no, still don't need branched chain amino acids. No, and some people are probably wondering what's low. Um, I'll say this. If you're a relatively lean individual, so this will apply to you, um, the amount of protein that you'd want to be consuming for maximum benefits is roughly 0.6 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. So if I if you're a 200 pound guy and you're relatively lean, this won't work if you're overweight because you, you know that then it's just too much. So if you're relatively lean, you're 200 pounds, eh, about 150 grams, 170 grams of protein, you're not going to get any more benefit from more than that amount of protein, unless you're a rare type of individual, maybe on anabolic steroids where more protein may be of some benefit, but not that much more. Now, for a 200-pound relatively lean athlete who's consuming under 70 grams of protein, right? well, yeah, then, then amino acids may actually uh, benefit you. But in that case, here's the deal. If you're that person whose protein is real low and you want to benefit from amino acids, just take a protein supplement. Uh, one scoop of you know, uh, if you're a vegan, one scoop of Organifi protein is going to give you way more amino acids than a couple tablets of your branched-chain amino acid or your powder, supplement. Or, or your, your sugar powder. Right, or whatever. Now, I could see the drawback being that there's calories in it, but it's still very low calorie. And I would even say this. It's funny. Uh, when I was a kid, this is when I started to – this is when I first started to piece together that a lot of the stuff that we're getting marketed is, is bullshit. I, uh, I, you know, I read the bodybuilding magazines and they would say things like, you need to have protein all day long to keep your muscle, this and that. And obviously they're selling protein powders and stuff. And, and then I would read articles about amino acids and they're like, yeah, if you really want to maximize this, not only do you eat every two or three hours, hmm. but in between meals, take five amino acid tablets, uh, every hour, you'll have a consistent high level of amino acids in your blood, which leads to muscle growth, which... <clears throat> To an uninformed kid, that sounds logical. Like right? I'm sure even some of you right now are probably like, wow, that sounds like a good idea. It, yeah. it's, it's bullshit. But anyway, so I bought into this, right? So I bought, I forgot what the supplement was called. I think it was called Amino 3000, I think was the, the name of it. I don't remember if it was a weeder supplement or another company. But anyway, it was Amino 3000. And basically what it was was a serving of, one serving of these amino acid tablets was equal to 3,000 milligrams of amino acids. Sounds like a lot. Yeah. Like 3,000 milligrams. Holy shit. Yeah. First off, a serving was 10 tablets. Now, these tablets, and I'm not exaggerating. I already know where this, I already know where this is going. Bro. If you were to empty the tablet, let me finish your story without even knowing the story. If you were to empty the tablets out, weigh it out and measure it, it's probably like a half a scoop of protein. Bro, so, so check this out. <laughs> you're you're 100% right. I knew it. <laughs> 10 tablets. <laughs> 10 tablets for 3,000 milligrams of amino acids. Now, first off, the tablets were, and I'm not exaggerating, dude. They were literally like the size of my thumb, okay? Like that. <laughs> like it was like, I remember looking at them and being, this is why I can swallow so many pills. I trained myself with the stupid shit. <laughs> that had to be a like, choking hazard for everybody. Oh, I choked several times on it. almost yeah. killed myself. I'm like, how do you fucking swallow this? Okay, whatever. 10 for 3,000 milligrams of amino acids. And it came in a jar like this with, I don't know, 1,000 tablets in there. So I was taking them and taking them, and you know, of course, I wasn't getting any extra results or anything. And then one day, I don't remember what it was, I looked at the back of the bottle, and I looked at the ingredients. <clears throat> and it has the ingredients are like, you know, the binders that make them hold together as tablets. And guess what the number one ingredient was? 
What? Whey protein. Whey protein. <laughs> was whey protein. And Those then bastards. And then I was like, wait a minute. And then yeah. I had an epiphany. Yeah. I said, three thousand milligrams is how many grams? Three grams. Ten tablets is three grams of protein. I'm taking three grams of protein in tablet <laughs> in form. form. Holy shit. These guys ripped me the fuck What up. a hustle. Yeah. What a total hustle. Wow. Yeah. And, that, and that was back in the, you know, we're talking like the the, the mid yeah. 90s when I'm in my mid teens or whatever, and I piece that together. And you think they stopped doing shit like that? No. No. And again, if you find studies on branched amino acids, leucine, uh, amino acids, and their benefit, You'll find it with people who have low protein intake, people who are like like burn victims, people in a hospital setting who need to heal, and they're not able to consume a lot of protein because they're being fed either intravenously or they have poor appetite. So in those cases, amino acids, you know, help you out. But if you're consuming adequate, you don't even have to have a high protein diet. If you have adequate protein in your diet, additional amino acids, supplements, you're not going to notice anything. It doesn't really do anything. It's just popular because they've been around for so long and there's so much marketing that surrounded them for so long mm. that if I just say it, if I add branched chain amino acids to anything, it makes it seem like it's more muscle like building. something's going to happen. Yeah, like like you know, birthday cake mix with added branched chain amino acids. <laughs> Anabolically enhanced. Yeah, bodybuilders going to be like, fuck, that's the birthday cake I'm going to buy. Well, the, the yeah. I think the, the bodybuilding community still subscribes to it because they look at it like, oh, I'm on a... Uh, I'm on a cut for six weeks. I'm calorically restricted. I'm also doing cardio. I'm also pushing want, myself in the want gym. Want to prevent catabolism. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to prevent my body from, which is the same thing that you see the knuckleheads that actually take it while they fast also. Like, oh, yeah. You know, oh, I'm, I'm worried that my body's going to start to cannibalize the muscle. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know what's more anti-catabolic? You know, when people do cardio and they're like, I'm drinking BCAAs to, to prevent- Stop my- doing hard cardio. N- not only that- <laughs> So fucking start walking instead of you know what's you know what's more cardio. You know what's more protein sparing than, I mean, than branched amino acids? Carbohydrates. If you drink a Gatorade while you do your cardio, you're going to burn less proteins than you would if with amino acids. But right. nobody, of course, carbs make you fat or whatever, quote unquote, right? right. So everybody's afraid God of it. God forbid. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a waste of money. If your protein is really low- if you're a vegan, I recommend amino acids to hardcore vegan clients who are still in the throes of organizing their pro- their, their food intake to, you know, have adequate, you know, nutrients and proteins. Can vegans be hardcore? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? <laughs> they can. <laughs> okay. Next question is from Bailey Robinson. What are your thoughts on wearing a lifting belt every time when lifting heavy? Can it make the lower back weaker or does it actually protect against injuries? I love I love the the weight belt debate because uh, first it started out like this like if you lift heavy you got to use a weight belt to protect your lower back this mm. is what the, this was the deal back in the day and then later on smarter trainers came out and said wait a minute if you're using something to brace your body then you're going to weaken your body because it's not bracing itself and so wearing a weight belt will weaken the muscles of your back and your core, and it's not good. And then other guys came out and said, hold on a second, we have these studies that are measuring uh, muscle activation, and wearing a belt doesn't uh, lower muscle activation. In fact, it raises muscle activation in certain parts of the core. Therefore, wearing a belt is better for your back and core activation. Yeah, but the caveat is how it actually recruits and actually how it changes the way your core activates. That's right. Everybody was wrong. Everybody everybody. was wrong. All those guys were wrong. (laughs) Wearing a weight belt, what a weight belt does for you is it creates an external 
uh, uh, an external force that your core can push out against and create more internal core stability. So what happens when you're lifting heavy and you're not wearing a weight belt is your body has to brace its core. Your core has to brace itself, draw in a little bit. Well, think of it it this way. Think of it like if you were to hold your hand up in the air right now and try and push against the air and to flex your shoulder as hard as you can and how hard, how much tension could you get in your shoulder pushing in the air? Like none or very little, right? And flexing your shoulder as hard as you can. Now take your hand, put it against the wall and push as hard as you can and see how much you can activate and push. But it's different. It's different, right? Because instead of your core drawing in a little bit and bracing, which is what happens when you don't wear a belt, that's the natural way that your core stabilizes. When you wear a belt, your core pushes out against the belt. Yeah. That's why you the, be, the the belts that are most effective are the wide powerlifting ones that are wide in the front, mm-hmm. like they're on the back. Those bodybuilding belts with the skinny front. Skinny front, yeah. And what are you going to push against? Yeah, they're, they're, they're super ineffective in comparison. Yeah. So your core pushes out against the belt. That creates more stability, so you're more stable. But here's the problem with that. If that's how you learn how to stabilize your core always, when now you don't wear a belt- you're relying on that process. Yeah, and as soon as you don't have a belt on- Yeah, you're fucked. You can create some- Problem, but I mean, this is well known with strength athletes. Like, if you talk to powerlifters or strongmen, they actually train themselves on pushing out against the belt. There's, there's actual like if you've never wore a weight belt before mm-hmm. and you put it on your body and you go try and squat as much as you normally can. If you, if you're well trained without a belt, you may actually find that you can't squat as much because you're not used to yeah. the Isn't dynamics. Those fat, fat girl presses. Yeah, the fat girl yeah. presses. Right. In, Robert in, Ober showed us map strong. Yep, and it's to it's to teach you how to brace Teaches against that the technique, belt. Which I thought was a brilliant way to do it. Yeah, the first time I wore a belt, it didn't. I wasn't able to lift more because I wasn't. I didn't know how to use it. Now I've been using it so long that I can add. I don't know. I, I think thirty pounds to my lift. I think it's a really great tool, and like. It, like to Justin's point that he said earlier, the industry what we what we tend to do more is always better. They assume, and it's no. It's, this is not one of those things that the more you use it, the better off you are. Absolutely not. In fact, you want to intermittently use it. I think, and you, and or train without it. If you're a normal person, no, no need. And, yeah, yeah, and you're not trying to hit PRs and 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 push your body beyond limits, and you're just trying to stay healthy and strong and fit and lean, like. There is no place for a belt. Like you do not need to go get a belt whatsoever. But if you're in a place where you're stretching limits and you're trying to hit PRs and you're interested in that and you're and you're and you're intrigued by pushing your numbers higher than you've ever seen, then it's a tool that can help assist that. And yeah. because it's a tool that can help assist it and a tool can be wielded to hurt you also, be careful with it and use it accordingly. So personally, uh, I, I rarely use a belt, but I pull it out every once in a while because I it's a day that I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to stretch myself today. When I start getting towards my my upper limits of my squat or my deadlift, I'm going to strap on my belt for that last set. But I don't do it every heavy set that I mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. It's occasionally when I know I'm going to push beyond limits that I know that I could do without it. Yeah, yeah I, it's definitely it, it's stretching yourself. Like For me, I definitely would consider it if I was to compete or to – uh, challenge myself beyond uh, my natural limitations and working with my body. Like I'm really pushing my body outside of its uh, current state. And so um, that would be something like I was thinking about strongman, you know, training or powerlifting, like that kind of thing. I would want, you know, at least psychologically too, that I had 
that that sense of security uh, and, and train with it because like the amount of weight that now we're applying to our joints and being able to control that whole process like I feel like that that extra bit of security psychologically would help as well to to get through that. Well, so. if you're going to compete in a sport that allows you to wear a belt, you'd be stupid to not train in a belt and right. use one because you can lift more if you know how to use a belt properly and you're training using a belt. Yeah, you can you, go beyond your means. Yeah, you're going to be able to lift more with a belt. That's a yeah. fact. I mean, I can lift, but I could probably lift 30, 40 more pounds on my deadlift with my belt. That's how much weight it's added to my lift. But that doesn't mean that I got stronger necessarily it just means that's how much i can lift with well, the belt. on that same point is why i don't lift with a belt mm -hmm. it's because i i'm not competing i'm i'm trying my best to uh, i know that that would give me an advantage that i would rely on and then that would you know translate to when every time i work out i feel like i would need it you know part of the process i don't need it and and plus i want to work up my grip i want to work up my core strength i want to work up my you know, stabilizing my joints so it can, you know, properly handle this kind of stress and load uh, and distribute it well throughout my body. So uh, to work to my, to stretch myself to where I currently am is always the goal for me. Yeah. Now here's the thing. Can a belt weaken your core? Yeah. If you wear it like a lot of idiots wear them, like if you wear your belt throughout your whole workout where you're not really using it to brace your core, you're just doing your curls and your pec deck and your, you know, your side laterals and stuff like that. So the belt is literally just sitting there stabilizing you while you're doing all these exercises. Yes, it could definitely weaken. It's like a, it's, it's like a squeam almost. The squeam is like way worse, right? But th then it can definitely weaken your back. Or you see sometimes you go to Home Depot and you see workers wearing those, those weight belt type <laughs> like, things. Yeah, all day long. All day long. Then yes, now it can weaken. Now, if you're somebody that you pull it out for your heaviest sets... No, it's not going to weaken your back because yeah. you're you're pushing your your back, you're pushing your core right. to its limit. But I see guys like this in the gym where I'm looking at them and they're doing like you know cable flies, wearing a belt. Well, it's concentration it, curl, it's, wearing a belt. It's turned into an accessory. Yeah, like look at me. Yeah, like a fashion statement. Yeah, it's turned into an accessory like that, like a fashion statement for sure. I mean, you're serious if you have a belt because it, it says I probably lift heavy ass weight. You know, so it's like I a, can tell who's serious by the kind of belt that they wear. By the way, like <laughs> yeah. you see someone pull out like a lever belt when they're squatting. Like, okay, that guy, you know, they're taking it seriously. I see the skinny in the front back one with the writing on the back that says something stupid like beast or lat face or whatever. <laughs> beast. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> I remember beast. Yeah, remember that guy? Uh, that guy was great yeah. with his tight ass shirt and his weird. Dude, I wonder which 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 locate he was at Santa Teresa. Yeah. And I saw him. What do they call that? Like uh, I seen him at Willow like lat syndrome yeah, or like in, 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 invisible lat invisible lat syndrome. syndrome. Yeah, yeah, super old guy, overweight dude, just overloads every machine and has a weight belt that he wears all the time. And says <laughs> just beast. lives on the leg press. Yeah, you machine. please, please, if you work at a twenty four and you see this guy, take a picture and send it to yeah, him. Yeah, go over the intercom. You have to say beast. That's what I used to do. Yeah, I used to get on and go beast. Yeah. We all, I think we all did that. <laughs> All right, next question is from Art of April. Do kids actually need to be snacking constantly, or is that just what the kids' snack industry wants us to think? I sure hope not, because yeah. I don't Boy, my, my, my kids going to get deprived. Boy, what a brilliant, if you think about it. So you know how pre-workout was brilliant because it, they invented a new category of supplements, like what you take before you work like out? like parent shaming. Yeah, snack like the, the word snack and the fact yeah. that we have snacks. I that, hate it. It's that's made up. up. It's made up, dude. It's, it's what I kill. I teach. It's only one of the first things I feel bad on You're day one with clients when going over a meal plan and they go, um, 
where where do I put my snacks or what kind of <laughs> snacks can I have? I go, you know, that's a made up fucking word, right? There's there there's they're all meals, and it's either an yeah. incomplete meal or a complete meal. Yeah. And our goal is to have as many complete meals as possible and as little incomplete meals yeah. as possible. No such thing as snacks. Yeah. Just, I get all that, but where's my crack? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get all that, but where do I fit well, in my yeah. snacks that I want? I mean, here, think about it this way: like if you're if your kids genuinely are hungry, or hey, can I have something or whatever, and you know, have a piece of apple. Or whatever. But if you encourage your kids to be snacking all the time, think about the food relationship that you're creating in a child. Yep. You are teaching this child that they're they're most comfortable with food, constantly feeding themselves. Yeah. Where do you think that could go wrong as an adult? Oh you know what God. I mean? So I'm a little kid now and oh I hurt myself. Eat a snack. Now oh, oh that's that's cool. Oh my God, I love that cartoon. <clears throat> Eat a snack. Oh my friend's over. Eat a snack. You are now connecting food to every single emotion that this kid's having throughout the day. And let me tell you, that turns into I've seen problems. crazy examples of this. And then Courtney was even telling me about she helped out at the school for like a field trip. And like one of the moms had literally like a snack for every kid uh, before they got into the van, like during the van, like as they're walking around, they had to have something they're munching on, you know, and then lunch and then, you know, the after snack. It was like literally like five snacks that, that she had planned throughout bro, the day. Bro, in my culture, you know, in, in the old school uh, Italian or maybe even Southern Italian culture, this is a sense of pride among mothers is how much, how much they get crammed on your gullet uh, dude how effective and good they are at f- making your kid eat more food they would they literally this is what they brag about like my mom is known she's well known for being a good kid feeder like everybody knows like <laughs> good kid. oh your kid your kid won't eat oh have Ugh. you know have josephine you know make sure give him to josephine she'll get him to eat. she's, she's got a black belt she's brilliant at it and yeah. she is she's like she'll distract the kid read him a story fucking yeah. but before the kid knows it he finished half the meal he's like why am i so full yeah like this is so i grew up around this dude i remember when i went to italy when i was 12 I went to Italy when I was 12, and I'm a skinny kid. I can't gain weight for the life of me. I gained, I think, seven pounds that summer because I was with my grandmother, and she was incessant, would follow me around with food constantly. And and I I finally was like, the only way I can get this woman to leave me alone is to take the food and eat it. I feel like bodybuilders should hire her. Oh, dude. (laughs) I told you guys a story of my cousin when he got divorced. (laughs) He was... He got divorced and then he changed careers. So he lived with my grandparents for like, I don't know, six months or whatever. In six months, he gained 20 pounds. (laughs) Wow. My grandmother, he would wake up in the morning and he'd come downstairs and you would have a fucking spread for breakfast, including pasta and meat and like breakfast foods and dinner foods all out. She she would fill his bowl of pasta. And I remember I'd get on the phone with him and he would like be like, I don't know what to do. And I say, just tell her limits, like give her limits of what you can do. So he says, okay. He goes, no, no. He goes, the pasta cannot go higher than the bowl. Okay. So if you give me pasta. So the bowl size increase or no, what? No, 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 no. It gets better. He goes, it can't go higher than the bowl. Yeah. So she's like, why? I don't understand. And he's like, no, no, listen, I eat too much. Just the bowl. She's like, okay, okay. No problem. I understand. So she takes his bowl back over to where the, the pot of pasta because it was fucking overflowing. She takes it back over and he's watching. You know what she does? She takes the big, you know, and smashes spoon. it yeah, down. Yeah, she pushes it. 
<laughs> to the plane. Brilliant. To make it fit in the oh ball, Oh, my bro. God. I love, I love your grandma. Terrible. Dude, yeah, awesome. no, but, I mean, it, 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 it comes because, you know, a couple few generations ago, you know, Sicilians were didn't have any food. Well, yeah, back and, then, everything was scarce. Yeah. You know? Like, it's... It doesn't I, work I get today. that mentality. It just doesn't work today. Yeah, we're, we're beyond that. No, it's. I think it's a bad idea to constantly be shoving food uh, into your kids' faces. I think they should have complete meals, and I think... Meals should be, you know, appropriate. Um, but this whole this because the snack food market for kids is massive. Well, I think yeah. it's I think it's extremely hard as an adult to hit my macro targets. Like what I mean, it's if you've ever sat down and figured out how much carbs, protein, fats should my by by body be getting, what kind of, to get all the essential micro and macronutrients on a regular basis for overall general health. What is that? And then you decide, oh, I'm going to set out a plan to try and eat accordingly to hit these targets on a regular basis. It's fucking hard as an adult. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're training behaviors in a kid that allows them to have fruity snacks and then crackers here and the cheese whiz thing here, and th- I mean, you talk about you're for sure falling short yeah. on, on a very regular basis, and you're setting them up for these bad behaviors. So now, and and I'm I am very understanding to how unrealistic it is to you know meal prep for your kids and they have to eat at a Tupperware their whole fucking life and stuff like that. I understand that, but we should always be be trying to get them to eat balanced full meals opposed to snacking on anything at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always the goal is to get them to eat uh, when we all have, and we're sharing this meal together too. So, you know, one thing that, and I know like with my kids specifically, like they, a lot of times they won't eat all of their meal and it's like, well, Okay, well, I'm just gonna save that. That is your snack. (laughs) You know, it's like, no, it's not like, yeah, that was good. And now I'm hungry again. Oh, you're hungry? You have a craving, but really, if you're hungry, you're gonna eat this. Right. That's the only option. You want some more steak that you left? Exactly. Yeah. No, I don't want that. So you save it. So it's like, like, we're all eating right now. This is when we're eating. And yeah. this is going to like last and this is going to keep you satiated. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough for kids because they get so distracted and, uh, and I want to get back to doing whatever, you know, crazy the only, thing the I was doing. We don't have um, snacks in my house because Which I think it's, I think it's strategy silly. number one yeah. right there. I yeah, think there it's silly. To, here's what we have in my house that could be qualified as a snack. We have cheddar cheese. Uh, we have fruit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, and, and, and little cherry tomatoes. So every once in a while, my daughter will say something like, oh, I'm hungry right now. And I'll be like, ah, you shouldn't eat. Wait for dinner. But I'm really hungry. And I'll be like, okay, you can have what's in the fridge. And she may go get herself a piece of cheese and a cherry tomato, or she'll eat uh, an apple, or maybe have some avocado. And that's that's kind of it. But if you have snacks in your house, that's rule number one. Like, get rid of that shit yeah. for you and for your kids. Yeah. Like, just having them there. Last night, this happened to me. Last night, I was up late, and I've been reducing my food intake a little bit, so I'm getting that familiar feeling of cravings because I'm starting to cut my calories. Mm. And I swear to God, if I had a bag of whatever snack in my house, I would have been very strongly to hash. Yeah. But instead I'm like, ah, we don't have anything. I Do I want to grow drive their store? Nah, I'm yeah. cool. Yeah. I'll just I'll just sit here. Next question is from Paxton King. What advice would you give to a new trainer as they start their health and fitness career? Oh yeah. You know it's funny, I just wrote uh, a blog about this. It hasn't gone up just yet, but uh the thing that I focused on was writing about the like the truth about being a personal trainer because if you have a true like a real purpose and passion around fitness and people personal training is a great job if you don't it's the fucking worst job in the world I'm just gonna yeah. tell you that right now 
Like it is, a, it is not an easy job for someone who's not super in love with fitness and people. You're going to be, and th- I think this is the advice I give people is like, you know, some people come up to me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about becoming a personal trainer. And I'll say to them, okay, um, number one, when you work as a personal trainer and you have clients, you're, you're always on. There is no off. If you have a client in front of you, you don't have like a normal nine to five day. You could show up to work and be a little tired, right. a little whatever. You could go check social media or go talk to your coworker. As a personal trainer, you have a client in front of you, you're on all the time. Right. That's number one. Number two, if you're the kind of person that gets affected by other people's negative energy or, or drama, don't be a personal trainer because you're going to hear all of it yeah. as a trainer. You're going to train eight different people in a day or five different people in a day. And you're going to hear about marital problem, marital marital problems, uh, depression, anxiety, work issues, just bad attitudes. Yeah, just con- people who don't want to do what you're telling them. You yeah. know, when with nutrition and exercise, and if that really affects you, don't be a personal trainer. You got to be able to let that shit bounce off of you and constantly be that positive force, constantly positive force all the time. So those are the those are the first few things I like to say. Well, we, we you know right now we're going around and we we're trying to do this as much as possible. We seem to be hitting I don't know I'd say one to two a month where we get into a mm-hmm. a gym and we speak to trainers. And Sal had it started with Sal creating uh, an incredible sales training, and so it was about two hours or so of you know teaching trainers how to get better at sales. Uh, then it's evolved to including Danny now, who takes them through the assessment piece, and we basically teach uh, the assessment tool that's in Prime and the uh, the the tools that are in Prime Pro for corrective exercise. And so now Danny's adding that. And just recently, I've started to build into it uh, the business side and how to scale and build your business as a trainer. And one of the probably the most valuable things that I think that I piece together for trainers that help them. Uh, grow their business was teaching them this, and and I didn't. This didn't happen. I think this actually happened after Justin. So Justin may not remember uh, me doing this or not, or maybe you were there at the tail end. But at the uh, towards the end of my career, uh, I, I was always trying to get trainers to understand uh, how important it was to, to to be the guy or be the girl in your gym. Uh, you know, r- even though this is twenty four hour fitness that owns this facility, you should be the person inside this gym that is known to go for answers the mayor the mayor because there's you're in a if you're working in a gym as a trainer uh, you're already blessed that you have hundreds of leads that are coming in and out of there all day long if you're a private person working out of your garage or working out of a, a private location you have to go generate leads which anyone like justin who's been through that transition and process knows that's a fucking beast so Shame on the trainers that are in gyms and don't learn to maximize this. So one of the ways that I I, I would teach to maximize this would be this, is I'd have them, I I would buy them a little journal from CVS or, you know, what are those little note, those $1.99 notebooks that we all had when we were in elementary Mm -hmm. school that you write in from like CVS, like a little dollar notebook. And then I would set goals for them to meet an X amount of people a day. And depending on how outgoing you are would be how far I'd stretch you as your leader. So I, because I interviewed you, trained you, developed you, I'd know if you're a super outgoing person, like a sales, uh, like a Sal personality where I could tell you meet 20 new people every day and you could hit that target. Or if I had like this really meek, shy, nervous as fuck to talk to anybody trainer 
who I'd probably stretch to five people a day. You know, just just let's just try to meet five people today in your entire day. And then what I would tell them to do is I don't want you to try and book them. I don't want you to try and sell them anything. I don't even want you to try and teach them anything. All I want you to do is find out something about them. One thing, one thing about them. And that could be anything. It could be personal. It could be health. It could be fitness. It could be what they're wearing for the day, their interest, the car they drove in on. I don't give a shit. This game that's on TV right now doesn't matter. But I want you to find their name out and one thing about them. And then as soon as you do that on, on the floor, walk back to that little journal, write their name down, and write the one thing that you just learned about them and begin to build that list. Now, what's neat is the fact that you're actively doing that helps you connect with more people within your facility. The fact that you walk back and you write it down helps cement that into your brain so you remember that better. And then you also have it written down so you have a reference. So the next time that you see you know, the guy who drives that really nice Porsche and always comes in in a suit and then goes in the locker room and gets changed and gets on the elliptical like clockwork, you remember his name and you have it written down and you can go reference it and you can remember the thing that he told you that he was working on whatever project at work or his interest in whatever sporting events, whatever the thing. And when you walk over and you say hi to him again, you bring up that. And how powerful that is, is anytime someone ever rem remembers my name or remembers something personal about me, uh, I instantly light up and I instantly like that person right away. And so I would teach trainers to build this list and to grow it as much as you possibly could every single day. And what would end up happening is when you started to run into these, these people that work out on a regular basis and you've remembered their name and you've walked up and you've said hi to them two or three times now, it opens the door to a very easy transition into now let me teach you something or now let me book you on a free assessment with me or now let me potentially try and sell you something because I've built a relationship with you and you like me. Now it's really easy for somebody who's not into sales. So that's probably one of the best pieces of advice I've given to a new trainer. Yeah, no, I like I like both of those in terms of like the simplicity of like actionable things you can do in the very beginning. I think for me, uh, I was always concerned about how much I like knowledge I had bringing into each individual session. And especially when I was first starting out, I wanted to make sure that I was applying, you know, the best techniques. I was like structuring the best workouts for this individual. Um, and really like what I found that was the most, uh, appropriate was to really just listen, you know, directly to uh, have, have a conversation at the very beginning of the session each time to really dive into how they were feeling, how, like what, what they were bringing into that day and that workout. And, uh, and then later I got better about structuring the workout around that. But before that, a lot of my, my time I spent on, uh, after I interviewed, uh, the person and sold in the sessions, like I went home and like started to think of, of an entire plan and then I would write it all out and then I'd keep writing it out and I would keep a clipboard with me. And I was, I was that guy that had a clipboard and I would be on the floor with the clipboard and, you know, had this, had this plan. It would always get uprooted for me. But the fact that like every night before I went to bed, I thought specifically about each individual person that I was going to see the next day. 
and really tried to, to visualize it and concentrate on what was going to be the best approach to uh, alleviating some pain or getting a better movement pattern for them or teaching them how to properly do something that's going to benefit them towards their goal. And then it, just the more reps I got with that, then I just threw the, the clipboard away and I was prepared to take on, uh, okay, there's too many people over here. Let me readjust this based off of, you know, your shoulder pain today. I'm going to do this, that, the other, and I could work on the fly. It's to me, it resembled a lot of when I was, uh, I I was, I was a server and I was a bartender and like everything was happening on this timing and the gym is no different. Like it's very much of a timing thing. How much, uh, how effective can you be with your time with that person? Because they're paying you for that one moment. Yeah, it it also shows them just that you're serious, that you actually value them a lot, that you're right. putting time and effort. You care into, about the whole process. Yeah, here's an easy one for that. I mean, it, and this blows people away when I would, when I teach trainers this. It's so simple. The day after you train someone, shoot them a text, ask them, ask them how they feel, um, and then the day before your workout, uh, tell them you're excited to see them tomorrow. It's very simple. Put this in your calendar. You've already got them in your calendar anyway. So the day before. Make sure you message them to to confirm, but rather than confirming, like, hey, just confirming our appointment, like, hey, I'm looking forward to training you tomorrow. We're going to have a great back workout, or hey, we're going to work on that hip problem or whatever. Do that. And then the day after, hey, how do you feel today? Um, you sore? Anything hurt? Boy, does that make a huge difference. I noticed when, when, when I would do that and then when I would have trainers do that, their show rate and their re-sign rate would go through the roof. Just something as simple as that because you're kind of, you know, your, your client is in contact with you. And it's a very simple simple message. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're working in a big box gym, the plate, the best place to hang out, if you want to like, if you have trouble approaching people on the floor, which, which is a lot of people have a challenge with, uh, park yourself at the front desk. Mm -hmm. Most of your gym managers would love your help at the front desk. Stay at the front desk, help check people in when they come in, ask them what they're working on. Hey, good to see you, John. What are you doing today for your workout? Whatever. And just start those conversations, and it makes it easier. What Adam was talking about earlier, it makes it easier to do that because you have that that you know it's it's expected that you're gonna say something to them when they first walk in. When they're on the workout floor, it could be more difficult, especially if they have headphones on or they're like in their zone. But when they first come in, just do that. Check them in. Hey, what's going? What are you working on today? Legs? Awesome. Hey, can I take you through an ab workout later on? Let me know when you're done or whatever. You know, stuff like that. It makes it easier to 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 talk to people. Uh, look, if you can go, if you go to mindpumpfree.com, you can check out some of our guides. We actually have a personal trainer guide on there as well. So if you're a trainer or an aspiring trainer, make sure you go check that out. Mindpumpfree.com. You can also find all of us on Instagram, our own individual pages. So you have Justin, his page is Mind Pump Justin, Adam's page is Mind Pump Adam, and my page is Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>